Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. In this episode, we chat to Vanessa Hammond, or you may know her by her maiden name, Vanessa Prosser. She tells us about her slow living lifestyle and how she's raising her two beautiful children simply. She also discusses her experiences with a partner who does fly-in, fly-out work and her journey so far homeschooling her daughter. We hope you enjoy it. Sophie also refers to her as Eminem from 8 Mile. (laughs) I do not. (laughs) Hi, Vanessa. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. We had a few requests from listeners um, saying that they wanted to hear your take on motherhood and, you know, how you make it look so effortless. So we thought we'd get you on for the truth. (gasps) No, I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, We know that's a crock of shit and that it's probably not as effortless (laughs) as it looks. (laughs) (laughs) So for those who don't Uh, know you, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Sure. I am Vanessa. I have two kids, one little girl, Bambi. She's a little firecracker. She's six years old. Then I have little Leo. He's just about to turn three. Um, and my husband, Sean, he, he is great. Um, we live in Palm Beach. We've lived here for the last seven years and we are just basically a Semi bogan, barefoot wearing <laughs> family that just cruise around Palm Beach, basically. Now, for our <laughs> our international listeners, please tell us what bogan means. Bogan is what does it's like hard to explain because the word bogan is bogan. It's sort of just like really laid back slang. Aussie that's just cruisy and just, you know. Yeah, I feel like in America. Cruisy Aussie. Yeah, in America I feel like it's the equivalent of trailer park, but in Australia it's more. (laughs) No, no, no. In Australia it's a more lovely, loving term. (laughs) That would be the (laughs) I did not call you trailer park. (laughs) So basically I'm trailer park from Palm Beach. I was what I was trying to say far out what I was trying to say is there is no direct like there's no like definition for it all right so let me fucking finish (laughs) and the equivalent would be trailer park but it's a much nicer better better term yeah I'm with you yeah yeah. It just sounded hilarious. <laughs> it did sound so, so and what's you're... funny is that Palm Beach was actually really, really run down when we first moved here and everyone was so shocked that we actually moved here. So it sort of goes. Well, it sounds place. fabulous. Palm Beach sounds like. Oh, it is now. It's really good now. Now, yeah. you, you had Bambi when you were how old? So I found out when I was 18 mm-hmm. and I had her when I was 19. And so how 19. long? And how long had you and Sean been together when you found out? Okay, so the little backstory behind that is that we were 
next door neighbours for like a year on the Gold Coast, just in Talabudra Drive, which is in Palm Beach. Knew each other for like a good year and we sort of became best friends. So I just want to like give the backstory before mm. you figure out how short it was that we were actually together. And then we ended up going on this road trip, long story short. We got together. We were like, let's date. We are best friends. So why wouldn't <laughs> we? And I fell pregnant three months later. Wow. So it was like such a shock and it was for us too because like you're really just getting to know someone in those first three months and I just remember it was honestly the worst feeling though like having like I remember I found out I was crying because me and my best friend had always had this ongoing joke our whole lives together that no matter what we did it didn't matter because we weren't pregnant and so we'd be like, oh, well, at least we're not pregnant. Like it was this ongoing thing. And I remember calling her being like, no, dude, I'm actually pregnant. Like this has happened. Like it's the worst thing that could have happened to me. <laughs> Only because I was so young. I yeah. had no idea what I was doing. But I remember I was crying and I did the test. It's all good now, guys. But anyway, I did the test and I actually sent it to Sean and turned my phone off. Oh, my and God. I didn't that is cool. turn it on. I <laughs> He had a he had a feeling that I was pregnant because I missed my period. He's like, "Are you sure you're not pregnant?" And I was like, "Babe, no way, I'm not pregnant." So I, yeah, so I did that and then found out that we were pregnant. But it was a bit of a battle at the start. Wow. Because I I actually didn't know if I was going to keep the baby, which is this is crazy because now, oh, it's such a weird feeling, and I always I actually still feel guilty, not guilty, but I'm just like, oh, I had that thought. Only because I can see the result of who Bandy is now. But I had a, I had another friend and she was really trying to convince me that, like, why would you have a baby? Like, you're so young. Like, I was living with my parents at, at this stage because we'd moved back to Newcastle and I was living in this tiny bedroom in my parents' house, working at a cafe. Like, I had there – was, there was no, like, glimmer of hope. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I was sort of like, I just don't know. And then anyway, there's lots into that story. But – Sean had said to me, he was like, well, I want to have kids young and you know that you want to have kids young. So why would we not have the baby now and then have another one three years later? So no, like, he was really the one that was like so on board. He was like, it's fine. He's like, I've got a good job. Like, it's all good. Like, I want to be a dad. And I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so as you he say. he was really the one that was, yeah. I guess as you say, it's easy to feel guilty and there's no right or wrong decision in that situation. You know, it's such a personal decision. And obviously now that you've Mm. seen who Bambi is, you could never imagine your life without her. But, you know, there's like, yeah, there is no right or wrong. Yeah, My parents had me when they were 18. How did your family take it? No, she's asking me a question. (laughs) (laughs) My parents were like, just so supportive they were just amazing like I remember mum taking me out to get it was like a hot chocolate or something like that and she was just like look Ness I just can't wait to be a grandma this is going to be great like they were just so so on board they were awesome about it and I needed that support Mm. at such a young age because I was just like I live in my parents house in this tiny bedroom I'm working in a cat like there was just I was just like ah like i but, yeah, they were great. They were amazing. They were really supportive. And Sean's mum, she's a bit older, so, like, his parents. And his sister had was pregnant. Sean's sister was pregnant at the time too. So I think when she found out that we were pregnant, she was just like, yeah, awesome, like another mm, grandbaby. Throw it on the pile. Yeah, so both sides were. Yeah, like, she was like, cool. 
which was, yeah, which was good. Yeah, I can't even imagine navigating that situation without the support yeah. of the families. It would be really, uh, really tough. Yeah, and I I know how hard it was at the time with that situation having the best support that I could possibly have. Yeah. And I always think about people that could be in such a similar situation and having no support whatsoever. Like, Totally. Yeah. So on your social media account, you sort of show your followers this slow living approach to life and we wanted to have a chat to you about what that actually means to you and how does it work? I think that's the thing, like when you really get into like that whole world and like you read all the books and like you look at all the websites and what people are saying, I get slow living is essentially different for everyone. But for me personally, it's sort of like curating my life to cut out things until I love everything that I have. And also just not really chasing the lifestyle of, I mean, like the, not the American dream, but it's sort of like the Aussie dream too of getting bigger and better like I just didn't do towards like I didn't want to direct our lives to be like that yeah it was more just like just taking things slow and simple and living within the season that we are in which is and for now like that could change over time but for example for now whilst having kids like I just want to be in that season and be with my kids because I know it's going to pass and I think slow living ties into that when it's like you're just there you're cutting out all the things that you don't need you're living simply. It could even be like, like even though like even homeschooling or like meditating or yoga or whatever it is that brings your life and mindfulness as well. And that's just being aware of every moment that you're in of like. So it's actually, like, you know, it's actually a thing. Like when people say slow living, I just thought it was a, you know, a common or a phrase that people throw out there. Like oh, I'm just slow living and just, you know, cruising there's actually books on it and there's actually ways in which you can do this approach yeah there's a really really good book I've mentioned it a million times on my Instagram because it's the only book that I've found that's like really good and it's not like you need to change all these things in your life but it's just showing you a different way of living really and that's the book slow and that book basically was the catalyst of like how did they come up with that name slow living actually came from the phenomenon of oh is it slow eating I think it's something like that which was in like the 1980s and it was like established in Italy and basically it was getting out of the grind of quick rush eat back to work like just people getting stuck in that and it was more of saying hey let's sit at the table together let's cook a meal let's bake bread let's sit down, eat the food, look at the food, taste the food, have conversation. Like I think that's where it came from. And when did you start to adapt to this approach of living? I think we've always lived a pretty simple life, but I think I think it's just after I read that book. I'm going to read it. It's really, it's really good. And it's what really do good. you think yeah. have been some of the simplest but maybe most monumental changes that you've made? Probably not working and I like as in having an actual job to go to and I know that that is not possible for a lot of people. Yeah. But we, I feel like we consciously like, and I'm proud of us for doing something that we wanted to do in a sense. We created a lifestyle where I actually don't have to work and it's because we say no to the things that mm. cost a lot 
of money. So like, for example, like we have bought cheaper cars outright because we don't want to have loans that we have to pay them off. Or like we don't have a credit card because we don't want that money. We don't want to use money we don't have. So therefore we don't have stuff that we've got to pay off. Like we're a like no debt sort of family besides a mortgage because that's sort of a different story. But yeah, and just not wanting things. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's the biggest thing is that we've said no to a lot of stuff. We could have had a bigger house. We could have had a really nice big house. We could be driving nice cars that we can afford, but I'd have to work. So we've really just changed all of that so then I could be at home with the kids and like sort of live this life that we sort of want to live at this stage in our lives, I guess. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everyone, like, and we know that. And it's not achievable for a lot of people too because even when people are living the bare minimum, both parents or both partners still might have to work, you know. Yeah, so totally. we know that it's not achievable for like every single person, but we're just trying to do the best that we can. So what are some daily rituals that you have in place? Smoothies. Some daily rituals. I know there's smoothies in there. Oh, love a good smoothie. <laughs> Probably like seeing the sunrise is one, that's definite. A good old juice or a smoothie is one as well. I don't know, making sure that we're seeing people in our community. Like, that's really important to us. How has it been during this time for you? I mean, I feel like oh. slow living, I, I feel like when you talk about it, not a lot has, obviously a lot has changed, but not a lot has changed because you're already at home and homeschooling True. and doing these things. But how True. has it impacted you with this lifestyle? I think it's more just the people, like as in obviously we haven't seen anyone, I am a huge extrovert. Anyway, I love people. I love seeing people. I never get sick of seeing people. If I'm doing something alone, I think it's wasted because I haven't done it with someone to share the experience (laughs) with. But I think things have changed in this time. It's just like mentally. I think we're not allowed to do these things and there's this fear that's sort of over the whole country right now. And I think it's more just that side of things. But in terms of like, our day-to-day life, not much has changed. Yeah. I know we've talked yeah. about this because you and I both are very, very social beings. And I remember when it oh, first started, you posted a meme or something saying, reach out to your extrovert <laughs> friends. And I could not have agreed more because I was like, where are my friends at? I'm so lonely. <laughs> I know. I actually had someone message me on Instagram, someone I don't know, being like, hey, I saw that you posted that meme the other day about reaching out, just reaching out to make sure you're doing okay, being an extrovert. That's <laughs> so nice. Would you say that you're a calm parent? Yes, but no. I am calm, but I'm also, I think I'm still a little bit harsh, but I, I yell. Like I do all the things that every other parent does. Like I'm the same, but I am pretty calm, but I think it's because I have a pretty simple life, so I don't think there's much to get super anxious or worried I don't have big overheads I don't have lots of responsibilities literally my responsibility is to look after these two kids feed them bath them keep them alive educate one of them and (laughs) and wake up and do the same thing so yeah I I guess if you take away so many of the other stresses as much as kids can be really stressful when they're all you're stressing about um Mm. sometimes I think you can have a better perspective on this child is too of course they're acting out or whatever because you're not worrying yeah, about totally. those other things I agree I totally agree just, they're just kids and they're gonna 
they're going to have tantrums, they're going to hit other kids, they're going to do all of those things. And I think if you just know that they're going to do that, it doesn't really bother you as much. It is what it is. Or like Bambi's having a tantrum, I'm like, all good. Just let it out, girlfriend, and then like let's just get on with it. You know, I'm not like too wound up about it. But I know that when I'm stressed at the kids, it's because I'm actually stressed with something else going on and I'm always aware of that. With your main role being looking after the kids, do you ever feel like you have a certain like loss of self or loss of time to yourself? Yes, in some sense. I think being a mum in your 20s, you are totally still discovering who you are and you're changing your mind on things or you might be changing a belief on something or so in that sense like I find it hard because I know that in my 20s especially I'm actually still discovering who I am and and I know that I'm not perfect and I know that I'm going to do the wrong thing and it's a hard pressure to have on yourself whilst trying to raise two humans the best that you possibly can and I think having time like alone or away like Sean's back for two weeks so for anyone that doesn't know Sean works away for two weeks and then he's back for two weeks I know that the two weeks that are coming I know I can just leave whenever I want or do whatever I want and just knowing that I can do that I probably don't use the opportunity as much I mean Sean would probably say the opposite (laughs) but just knowing that I can do that it's like that freedom we have you know like it's like when we just know that we can do something so But, yeah, the self thing is hard because I just know there's so much growth to do and I know that it's in my 20s and it's probably always going to happen, but I just know the main part of my life will be 20 to 30. That will be the time where I'm like, that is hard. That is hard having two kids doing that. Mm. And there's nothing to say that you can't grow alongside them. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of Sean working away, so he does fly in, fly out work. Is that right? Yeah. Has he done that the whole time you've had children? Yeah, so he has been doing that, I think, two years before we met. Right. So he's been doing it, yeah, well before, before, and that's all we've ever known. And some people do ask me, like, oh, what's it like? And it's, is it hard? It looks hard. And it's, for us, it's all we actually know. So, like, it's a different, it's probably a bit of a different scenario because I've never had a partner that is home every single night, five days a week. And we only have like, we have the weekends off like that routine. Like we, that's not us. Like we, I don't even know what that would feel like, but I think too, it's, I've sort of let it grow my capacity with the kids. So it was harder at the start, but now it's easier. I've sort of like, Oh yeah, my capacity and I've reached it and we're fine. And I think there's pros and cons to, you know, everyone's situation having your husband away for two weeks, you guys would miss each other a lot and when he comes back you would have that quality time, probably less fighting because, you know, you don't have time to think about it and just enjoy each other. Yeah, I think I would love to say that's completely true but (laughs) I feel like for the first while, I think having kids who like it just always takes us those first three days that he's at home is the most that we actually fight and clash. When he's not here, obviously we don't fight because we're just chatting, checking out with each other, like FaceTiming the kids, all good. Then when he's hot, and because I'm used to just doing this routine by myself and not like worrying about anyone else or anyone else's feelings except mine and the kids, so it's really easy. That feels easier to me. So then when he's home for those first three days, we're just like clashing 
But now we've sort of figured out a routine where, like, I know that he needs at least a day to wind down and he knows the same with me. It's so funny. When he used to get home, when Bambi was just really little, she was a baby, she's probably napping, I was like, hey, I was like, come on in, like, miss you. But now with the two kids, I'm like, I'm just going to go out for, like, one second. (laughs) So I'll go out and then he'll probably, like, go for a surf, wind down, and then we sort of, like, kick on. The routine when Sean's home, it's a different routine to when I'm with the kids. So yeah, because I can imagine when they're away from you, it's so easy to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm in this, you know, situation where I'm raising the two kids, and as soon as he gets home, he needs to help. But it's probably quite easy to forget that. Oh, maybe he's had a really stressful two weeks at work, or you know, he hasn't just been off right. holidaying. But I think when when they're away, it's so easy to be like, oh, you're so lucky that you had time to yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's probably what we fight about sometimes is that I, he, because he does, he's like, you just think it's a holiday out here. And I was like, well, it is to me. (laughs) It feels like you're, you're having a holiday out there. But yeah, I know that it can be very stressful, but it's like those things, like if you can't see it, it's hard to believe it. You know what I mean? But he definitely does have it hard out there. And I definitely forget that when he gets back. Yeah. Someone wrote a question um, asking if you ever suffer from mum guilt, but uh, do you ever have time to yourself to have mum guilt? Uh, I guess, no, I don't feel like I do. It would more be like I feel guilty that I didn't do enough with them during the day if I am with them. Do you know what I mean? Like if I wasn't present, I'd feel guilty about not being present. But in terms of like doing something for myself or like going to hang out with the girls or going for a while or whatever I feel like I need to do to fill myself up, not I don't feel guilty at all. Fill up I that think we cup, should girl. Do that. I, think, I don't think we should feel guilty. I don't think anyone should feel guilty for doing that. I mean, that's only teaching our kids that they should still value their time and their friendships. And I think, too, I know that like to me relationships and friendships are like really important. And I know that they need good quality time without kids. So, and I think it's good to show the kids that, that as well. Like I want to be that example for Bambi. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I never feel guilty. Good. I'm going to see you. Catch you later, kids. Bye, Felicia. When I am with the kids, I'm pretty on. Like I'm pretty present with them. You've had your time. I'm going. (laughs) That's right. It is my time. Do you get any help with the kids when Sean is away? I do. She has a full-time nanny like, 14 days out of the 14 days. It's true. That's the secret. It's <laughs> actually I've got a nanny and I don't really do much at all. Yeah. Um, no, but I wish. That's why I contemplate moving to Bali all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I do and I don't. So, like, I do. Sean's mum is always there and I know that she would always have the kids if she ne- if I needed or that she'll pop over or sometimes she'll take Bambi for like a sunrise walk or out for coffee or for the day. So like, I know she's always there. The community of which we live in feels like really supportive when Sean's away, especially like there's probably like two, at least three nights a week, but I'm not even cooking dinner. Like I'm just going down to my friend's house down the road. They're making dinner for me and the kids or like we're getting takeaway on the beach with someone like, yeah. So I feel supported in that sense because we, I actually lived close by to so many of our really good friends but um and then also I have my really good friend Maddie she takes Leo on a Monday that's every Monday just for like half a day just so I know that if my week turns to shit then 
I've got that day to really focus on Bambi with homeschooling. So I've still got bands, but that does help a lot. Do you ever get scared being at home by yourself when Sean's away? Someone wrote in and wanted to know. Oh, that's creepy. I do. I am like one of those people that just make sure all the doors are locked and like just double check or like I'll just look behind the bathroom door and it's like, why do I do that? Like I know there's no one there, but I just do it anyway. Yeah, I I do. Well, like, there's no like big big analogy way to put it, but yeah, I totally feel scared when he's not there. Yeah, I checked under nice. the bed till an age that I'm not proud of. Like, <laughs> I feel you on that. <laughs> do you have any tips for other mums who have partners that are FIFO? I think my number one. I have a few tips actually. One would be making sure that you plan at least one or two date nights. Um, This doesn't always happen with us, but that is something that's good because you want to make sure you keep your relationship going, like strong. And it's just nice to look forward to too. I think making sure that they have a day or two to wind down and it's so frustrating because you know that you've just done this big chunk of time without them, but you just know that it's going to set you up for the time that when they're home because it doesn't, doesn't matter when they do it, they're going to have to wind down eventually. And if they get pushed into something really quickly, it just makes the next week all like frazzled. So I feel like. I agree with that on a, on a level of when my husband comes home from work on a normal day, you can't, I've learned that you can't throw the kids at him as soon as he walks in. He, Mm -hmm. he needs to just have time to have a shower, unwind, get, you know, into his, (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say into his um, pyjamas, but whatever he gets into, <laughs> and just unwind and then he'll happily have the kids. But he can't be slammed with it as soon as he walks in the door. And it can be Correct. so frustrating because you could have gone the entire day without showering yourself and all of a sudden they yeah. come home and they go, I need to have a shower first. But it, if you just let that five minutes mm. even, well, for you it's a day. If it's a, yeah. you know, normal nine-to-five job or whatever, it might be five, ten minutes. And then you can that. throw everything on them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, definitely the that letting them wind down for like a day, it's so annoying, but do it. Having a date night, yes. And I also would say is just planning a few family things to do together because you can get wrapped up in him doing his thing because he's doing this and then you know that maybe you've got all these errands that now you can do by yourself. So then, And then before you know, a week's gone past. So I feel like just planning a couple of really nice family days together, yeah. even if it's just walking down to the beach or I don't know wherever anyone lives, going to the park, I don't know, having a picnic outside in your backyard or something like that. And probably knowing that the routine of when they're home is different to when they're not home because I've tried to replicate the routine of when he's not home to when he is home. Never works. Mm. Don't do it. it Why is that, do you think? I think because you're not used to being considerate of somebody else. So basically... And we know that, like, obviously, where if you've got kids too, like, what you say goes. So you're obviously planning out the day, you're doing what they want to do and what you want to do, and you're cooking this for dinner because that's what you want. You don't really care about the kids because they're just having what you want. So that's all good. And, yeah, just things like that. I think and it's when easier. They're home, it's easier when they're not, yeah. not there. I love, I love him. I love him. But it is. Yeah, it's so much easier. it is, which is weird. 
Yeah, I remember my friend's husband was having to go away for about six weeks or so and I said, oh, aren't you so worried? And she goes, no, it's a third child not to have to look Mm. after. Oh, I've definitely used that line a a few times. I disagree because my husband does the cooking, so. Yeah, yeah. We'd be on like canned baked beans if he was away. I was going to say if Sean cooked, then, yeah, I'm sure I'd miss him a lot because that's. It's like half your day, really, Yeah, preparing meals and cooking them. Mm. Do you find much time for self-care and for yourself when Sean is away or do you just kind of bank that up for when he's home? I bank it up for sure. I bank it up for when he's home. And I think because it's only two weeks, so I'm like, what do I need so badly that can't wait two weeks? It's like nothing, really. If I want to get my eyebrows done, hair done, I want to go for a walk, I want to go to this hot yoga class, Whatever it is that makes me feel like is self-care, yeah, I just wait till he's at home. Or what I normally do is, it sounds a little crazy, but it works well. If I, so my kids wake up at like 5.30 to 6.30, like any time between then. If I get up at 4, I know this sounds wild, but this is what works for me. Mm -hmm. If I get up at 4 and just have like that one hour to just, even if it's just like making my bed, putting on a load of washing, eating something before they eat that to me is like like I've been doing that too and that is again I did it this morning because I couldn't sleep but it was so nice to have no interruption of sitting down having a coffee and just cleaning the kitchen without you know someone going mom can I have this and I, I, don't, I don't know, I felt so good, even though I was tired, that I was up before everyone else to have a little bit of me time. Yeah, I do it too. And I have a shower, drink a coffee, even if, it, as you say, even if it's unpacking the dishwasher and not having to be like, get your hands out, get your hand. No, that's a knife. Mm. Get your hands out. It's like, wow, that was so satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I, I just, and I know that when that alarm goes off, I can just feel my body being like, just not today, just leave it for today. But every time I just pull through and I just get up, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I got up. My mind is better. It's in a better place. Even the shower, I feel like that's the only time, like even at night I don't relax in the shower. But if I'm up early before everyone's awake, I enjoy that and it's nice and warm in there and, yeah, I love it. It's whatever fills you up, hey? Yeah, totally. It's self-care, I guess. You know, exactly Whatever makes you, it could just be reading a book before the kids wake up and then that's your self-care you homeschool your daughter Bambi how how is that going I loosely homeschool I would say (laughs) yeah it's good it's so good I think too that's another one that it's all that we sort of know like she hasn't gone to daycare she has always gone to holding it's sort of just like a creative session for two hours and they happen every week which is awesome Um, but it's going good like we enjoy it the main reason that we do it is just the freedom that it comes with it, which is like when, sh- especially with the roster that Sean has, because to us, we were like, okay, can we do it? I'm like, I think I can do it. <laughs> Let's try it. But just knowing that when he comes home from work, we can just go camping or like we can just pack up and leave and go and we'll go overseas or whatever. Like we, I think too, it probably comes from still being like younger yeah. And because, like, we don't, I was like, I don't want a routine of taking my kids to school every single day. And to that, that is someone's break or someone does like that and they actually enjoy their kids doing that. But for us, I was like, 
I can't do it. I was like, I just can't do it just yet. I was like, maybe when she's eight or nine, but I was like, I would rather homeschool her and have the freedom to still do whatever we want. That's and is, my, like, take on it. Is there part of you when Sean is away that you wish she did go or do you think that the routine of <laughs> yeah. school would almost be more work? Yeah, I definitely dream about it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> dream about her being at school, having those days to myself. What's it like with so- social interaction? I always wonder with children that are homeschooled, do you just make sure that they see friends on the regular? Yeah. In terms of seeing friends, we have, I mean, the best thing you've got to do is obviously find a community of people that are doing the same thing because we all need like, yeah, obviously that human interaction. But we have the whole thing. So that's weekly. It was twice a week, but now it's just once a week. We also have another homeschool co-op that all of us mums do that are sort of in that. So we all see each other. Bambi basically sees her friends every day, all day down the front of the beach every day as well. And Yeah, the thing is, human interaction is what they need, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be their own age in the same class, right? Mm -hmm. So if if you're interacting with people all the time, like say if she's spending time with Nana or we're heading to the grocery store, she's chatting with the lady at the register or like we're going for a walk in the park, she's chatting to the old lady that's walking the dog because that's what she'd do. Like that is all interaction to me. And as long as we're continuing to interact, like, my normal lives and it's fun so you're almost like a life coach in a way you know instead of homeschooling like get your books out sit down do this you're more like let's go out let's let's see the fresh air and see people and you're teaching her life skills you know obviously you probably do the other things in between but it seems to be a bit of a mixture which which sounds quite nice yeah I think too like my take on homeschooling and everyone has a different take too there's so many different philosophies some people do unschooling which is literally nothing but just living because living is learning and I mean obviously I'm doing things that have you know, I'm actually doing things so she's learning. So, like, I want her to make sure she can read and write and do maths and do all those things. But I am a really big believer in that living is learning. And if she's living it, well, then she's learning. And then with that thing that she's really, really enjoying, then I can take that and then turn that into a homeschool lesson. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, being able to cruise down to Newcastle, which is that's where I'm from. She went fishing with my dad and she loved it. She was like, just was obsessed with the fact of having a rod and (laughs) reeling it in and catching this fish and like what type of fish it was and just, just experiencing this whole thing, which is amazing when you look at it. It's not just fishing. It's, it's totally they're learning something in that moment, which when you get your mind around that it's so beautiful because anything that they're doing you're like they're totally just learning right now and they don't even know it you know and after that it's like all right she's obsessed about fishing right now so I'm like okay cool we'll go with that right I can literally turn any homeschool lesson into something that's fishing related science maths writing English anything and if it's got to do with fishing she's still learning all those core things but she might be just learning through a way that is so interesting to her, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and how much of your week would be, you know, sit down, quite structured curriculum versus yeah. learning as you live? I would say, and we don't do this every day, which we should, but we don't, but I would say around about maybe just that sort of stuff, maybe like 20 minutes a day. 
Oh, wow. 20 minutes a day. And then the other stuff is like sort of like your like creative stuff or like a project or art, like all those types of things. It's, I think the, from what I know, like on, um, like the homeschooling charts of like how much individual child should be learning, like intense learning, right? For a six-year-old, it's an hour or an hour and a half per day. So that's split up into 20 minutes. 20 minutes of that might be that really intense learning of like writing and, and you know, all that sort of stuff, the, that sort of stuff. But the rest can all be learning in the ways that I've just told you. Yeah. Like living is learning. Like baking is learning. I think it's a really nice way to put things, especially in this pandemic, because there's a lot of stressed out parents that are having mm. a hard time understanding, you know, teaching their children at home or facilitating their teaching, uh, their learning, sorry. I think that makes it sound so much more manageable because especially, you know, we talk about this slow living lifestyle and then often that does come hand in hand with homeschooling. I know not all the time. And to me that is just like that is bonkers. How can you live slow and calm when you're also trying to educate your child? But when you say it's in those, you know, bite-sized small chunks of learning and as you're about to say I think with baking like baking can be a maths lesson and and whatever it does make it sound so much more manageable yeah and that's exactly right that's that's how I homeschool and that's what how I find it can be easier for me and but in saying that that's probably not everyone's philosophy like I know that some people homeschool that they may be like super religious and they've set up a room that's exactly like a classroom like and that's because they just want to be the ones that teach them so there's so many different ways but that's my loosely homeschool and I think too you know there's a lot of schools in Europe that don't start school till they're seven you know there's I just think until they're seven just lay the pressure off yourself they're gonna be okay they're learning through you anyway in every in everything that everyone is doing around them it could be like even gardening that's learning like just everything is learning so I think once you've sort of got that in your mind then as a homeschool parent you sort of jump at lessons because you're like oh she's into that I know she's into that so let's do this or we can watch a documentary or we can write down all the different fish species that she loves or so much for me it's made it so easy to Mm. homeschool but yeah the hour and a half thing that or an hour to an hour and a half is of the intense learning. That's just because you're basically one-on-one learning. You're not yeah. in a classroom where, and in a classroom, the six hours a day, that makes sense because they've got lots of kids that they've got to get around, not lots, but they've got kids they've got to get around to and they're doing things in groups and you've got to wait for people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's all relative. But I know I was looking because in high school, the maximum amount of time that they should be homeschooled, like is it intense learning, is still only three and a half hours. Wow. Which is crazy because everyone thinks, not everyone, but if you're not homeschooling, you just basically assume that you have to have the day set out yeah. like you're in school because that's just how we've learned probably and that's just what you think it is, but it's just not the case, which is relieving, that's for sure. <laughs> And, you know, there's lots of parents who are finding themselves teaching their kids at home. Do you have any tips for them? I mean, it's it's hard in a sense because, I mean, we're not even homeschooling properly because we're not having access to all the things that we'd normally do like anyone else. But I think if the school has a little bit of flexibility with what you're doing, because I know with some schools at the moment, they're giving you everything that 
you need to submit back to them. I would just, I would honestly just say it's such a short time in their entire lives. If they're a little bit behind for like maybe six months, honestly, who cares? It's not a big deal. We've got our whole lives to learn. We've got our whole lives to do all the things that we want to do in our life. And maybe it's just a time where like it's really good for the parent and the child and you just doing your normal things, they're learning, like they're totally learning. So I just think take the pressure off yourself and just not worry about it as much. Or if you can, if you if you are like, no, I want to do it, I want to like get my kid doing everything that they're sending us, we'll just split it up, just totally split it up, do maybe 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. If they're not interested, they're not going to learn. So there's no point doing it. Yeah. That's my take on it. I love it. I think yeah. it's really good. How do you go teaching Bambi around Leo? Do you have any tips for if there's other younger children in the house? Get them to join along if you can because you can normally make anything pretty crafty or pretty creative or like just having something set up for them that they really enjoy, something like that. Or if they're younger, because normally if they're younger, they're probably still snoozing, just do it when they're asleep. Do the main bit that you know that you want to get done during that time when they're asleep. And if they don't sleep, well, they're probably old enough to join in somehow. Yeah. That would probably be my take on it. Yeah. I didn't understand or I just didn't know that it, it was a lifestyle that that you were living. I knew that, you know, you were down the beach all the time and you homeschool Bambi and blah, blah, blah. But the things that you've said behind all of this has it's been really uplifting and I I admire you for living this way because you know the stress-free thing and and taking off the things that you don't need like we have foxtail at home and we barely use it we just have it there because like what if we we might want to listen or watch something and Nick and I have been sitting here going oh honestly yeah it's such a waste of money and we don't even use it and we haven't been, but I'm literally going to call them on the way home and just cancel it because we just don't use it. And it's those little things in life that sometimes, yeah, get rid of that, get rid of the stress, get rid of the bill. And I don't know, it's just, it's good listening. I hope that other people when they listen to this can take bits out of it. Take bits out of it. That's it. I was just thinking back to when you were saying what were like some of the things that like got you onto this. One of the main things was we got rid of our TV four, three Don't years ago. Then I could do I that. Think, four years ago. <laughs> and, it's, it's, and I know this is extreme. To I've heard of people, people doing and, it. Yeah. And for us, we were sort of like, we're in this apartment. Do we want our living room, do we want that focus to just be the TV? Like, it's different. Like, if I've got a house, I'll be having a movie room. All good. <laughs> you've got all these separate living yeah. areas where, like, you can have a room where you're entertaining and it's all just that and then you have another room that whatever. But for us, we're like, we've got one main room. And I remember when we chucked out the TV, I instantly felt like, oh, like just, I don't have to worry about that. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think one, that was like one of the main things. But anyway, I've been... And do you find yourself more productive not having the TV there? Because I feel like my husband would be so much more productive if we didn't have it so much more productive and I think too like obviously still let the kids watch a movie on Netflix whatever like on the laptop but you're so aware of what you're doing you've got to get mm. up the laptop set up the laptop you've got to put on the movie you know how long it's going to go for you know what I mean mm. we're like, like we're, I would 
binge watch TV all the time and just waste so much time all the time. It is. It's just a a bit of a time waste. Nick and I didn't have one for ages, like before we had kids, because when we were living at Cabo, we felt the same. Like the living room was when you first walked in. I was like, a TV on the wall is going to be so intrusive. It just like took up so much space. So we just decided not to have one. And we had a projector for when we wanted to watch movies. And I actually loved it. Mm. We had so much time in the evening. We'd go to bed earlier because you don't just get like stuck in that like cycle of going, oh, we'll just watch one more episode or whatever. I loved it. We would cook dinner together every night because there was like nothing else to do. We played board games. I read books. And actually the days at home where I pretend to Poppy that the TV's broken, once we like get over that first thing of having like, no, I want to watch it, I want to watch it, the days are actually so much smoother because she just knows she can't ask for it. Mm. Maybe we should throw it yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing, well, all, my, yeah. I'm thro- I'm throwing all my shit out, everything. It's all going. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Get the lightness happening. When no, Jade's walking works, around just... nude, it's your fault. That's right. Yeah. With lettuce cups on my boobs. Uh, but, yeah, the TV thing, that was like what you said. It was only because when you first walked in the room, that's all it was. So it's like if you sat there, oh, your mom was just put on the TV. And mm. then when we got rid of that, I was like, what? Oh, I can change. I can even put my dining table <laughs> in that room and put my lounge over there. Like I was like. The freedom. It's a whole new world for me. Yeah, that's what totally. I'm well, Vanessa, thank you so much for taking the time out and, and chatting to us today about your life and slow living lifestyle. I just wanted to say that I think and I hope that other people get a little bit out of this because just listening to your your way of life has been an eye-opener for me. It's I, I didn't understand what that actually meant. I thought it was just a phrase that people threw out there, but you're actually, it is a lifestyle and you are living it and it's a conscious choice that you're making. I'm having a Barry. Absolutely. I need a coffee. I've been up since 2.30, no joke. <laughs> I've actually had a Barry. Oh, need a nap. That's another thing. People need a nap more. I don't ever get the chance to nap. I would love to though. <laughs> I basically, well, I was going to say I basically crafted my, my life into making sure that I can nap with both of my kids when they were like full nappers. Even with Leo now, I'm still just like, I'm just going for a nap. Are you right, Bambi? I'm like, food, you got stuff to do. All right, good night. Gone for a God, nap. God, you're good. <laughs> I'm going to come live with you for a while. Uh, Get some hot tips. It's not. It's not all rainbows, though. I feel like I've. I feel like I've just made myself have a big head on here. No, you haven't. All this stuff that's perfect. No, I. I I think that we let things that are not our priorities and not important stress ourselves so much. Mm. So then it makes it more difficult to enjoy the things that actually matter, and then we act like our stress is our kids but most of the time it's actually other stresses that don't matter like our kids are the most important things so and it's nice to know taking those major things out you some people can live like that yeah that's right because we love our kids so it's like you've got to ask yourself like why am I getting so mad or why am I so stressed and all this sort of stuff and yeah, I just feel like it's probably something else. Yeah. Sometimes it really just is your kids and they've been on your back and they're asking you a million things every, every second and they've just all of a sudden want food left, right and centre and they're crying and they're emotional. But then even behind that, there's probably something. So it's like, all right, why the heck is Bambi in this mood? Oh, yeah, probably because she went to bed late the night before. I let her have a bunch of sugar or like... 
Um, I actually haven't been really present, haven't really played with her, mm. haven't really given her that one-on-one. Like, there's always a reason behind something. So, you know, that's sort of my take on it. Yeah, like, there's always something. 90% of the time when Poppy's acting up, it's because I've been trying to do other things while she's been trying to get my attention. And when I look back on the day, I'm like, well, it was because she wanted to play with you and you were sending an email or whatever. So, of course, she then took things to the next level to make sure you would play with her. Exactly. Exactly. And I've just surrendered to that. I'm just like, it is what it is. And honestly, like, I get people emailing me all the time. I get so many direct messages, all these things that I'm like, I wish I was better at maintaining all these other opportunities that I could basically have or do or whatever. And I just, I'm just like, I can't. My kids, I was like, I'm just, yeah, I'm not going to reply. I'll reply to that email later or, like, I'm just like, I've just, yeah. Because I know that if I don't, then, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to feel stressed and then they're stressed and then nobody wins. Mm, so good. Well, thank you so, so much. Love you guys. You guys are the best. This podcast is awesome, by the thank way. Thank you. Stay strong, my little extrovert, during these times. <laughs> I know. Let's hang out and have a cocktail afterwards. Jade, we know what it's like to have a cocktail. Sorry about that. Don't we that ever. That one time. Oh, I think I should say sorry. I fell down the stairs, so. I'm oh, did you? About. <laughs> 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 I'm coming next time. Uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, See you, girls. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.